You're listening to the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. This episode is another in our regular series, taking an in-depth look at the SMFM pregnancy meeting. To find out more about the meeting, go to www.smfm.org or go to the AJP homepage at www.tima.com forward slash AJP. I want to thank everyone for joining us today for another episode of the American Journal of Perinatology podcast series. Today we are lucky to be joined by the local chair for the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine 2017 meeting, Dr. Brian Guerrier from Las Vegas, Nevada. He serves as the managing partner of the High Risk Pregnancy Center, but also is on the executive board as secretary treasurer of the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. He is also the local chair in Las Vegas, and it's been quite some time since we've been to Las Vegas. Is that correct? Yeah, Chris, that's correct. First, thanks for having me on the podcast, and thanks for AJP as well for hosting the podcast. We're really excited here in Vegas to have the meeting here again. The last time the meeting was here was actually a funny kind of historical note. Um, The meeting was here in January of 1994 at the former Las Vegas Hilton, where Elvis used to play, but uh, (laughs) now it's called the uh, Westgate Hotel. The meeting at that time was held in Vegas, and the gambling by the people that were at the meeting was so low that the handle or the gaming revenue was down 17%, and the Las Vegas Hilton asked that the SPO at that time never come back. And since that time, Vegas has not been a venue for quite some time, but now... Of course, with a downturn in the economy that hit Vegas especially hard, the society looked forward and was able to get meetings here three times in the next five years, and Vegas has changed quite a bit. So we're really excited to show off the town and see what we can do for our society. So I know there's been a lot of excitement leading up to this, and from that story, it sounds like there's going to be high expectations, not only for the science, but also the after-meeting events around town, especially in the casino, it sounds like. So I know a lot of people are super excited about attending this meeting, and we host this podcast to kind of find out a little bit about the local environment, where the hotel is, these sorts of things. I wonder if you could share a little bit with us about the site of this year's meeting at Caesars. Well, Caesars Palace is one of the casinos and hotels that has been here for the longest time in Vegas. It's a huge hotel with multiple towers, multiple restaurants, some of the best shopping in the United States and the forum shops. I think it has a little bit of something for everybody. It will be a fantastic venue. So when planning the meeting and moving into Las Vegas for the meeting, what is your role like being the local chair for hosting the society meeting? Being the local chair, I'm just trying to make it easy for people to find out the kind of different things that the town has to offer. So trying to put together things as in regards to places to go for dinner, possible shows, possible other activities that people can get involved with, and maybe, you know, a couple super interesting things that people wouldn't think of as well. The other thing that I've tried to put together this year as well and working still with the program committee on is is a giving back to the community portion that has not been performed before. And so what we're doing, there's a couple interesting things that we're doing. We're having some local high school kids from disadvantaged portions of Vegas 
that are going to be involved with some lectures from members in our society and also we're going to be having maybe some of them come to a couple of the lectures and events to see what a life in medicine and a life of giving would be. So that's something new that we're adding on. And then one other thing that we're adding on is some lectures for the local community. So I think SMFM has really put together a good kind of community partnership here. And we've been very lucky as a part of my practice and myself to try to put some of this together with the SMFM. That is super exciting. It certainly is great to go into a community, not just that one week a year, but also to meet the people, to contribute to the community. And it sounds like this is going to be a real focus for this meeting coming up. It's also a focus on the community at large as well. And I just want to say, you know, I'm really thankful for a society that has so many great members that want to do that as well. It was something that I brought up and 20 people wanted to go forward with it, so there's no uh, shortage of volunteers, you know, with our society, which is a fantastic thing. So we're looking forward to seeing that in action. Now, in traveling into the area, of course, Las Vegas has a very large airport. What are some of the things that individuals should know about the airport? What are the best flights? How much time does it take to navigate the airport for your return visit, these sorts of things? The airport is only one airport, so there's one main airport, it's McCarran International Airport. It's about the 10th busiest or 11th busiest airport in the world. Many people flow in and out of that airport. The main things you need to know about is, is the airline that you come into will either come into one of two terminals, Terminal 1 or Terminal 3, and you really have to watch at where you go and get your bags from depending which airline you are on. And there's signs around to be able to make you go to the proper spots, but you have to be looking for those signs instead of, you know, looking at the other things that are going on at the airport as well, you know, the lights, the statues, the other things around. You have to really pay attention. So that's number one just looking at where you need to go in terms of picking up your baggage and where you go when you go back to the airport to go home, which terminal you go into. Terminal 1's the older portion, Terminal 3's the newer portion, but there's signs on the way to the airport and you just need to make sure you tell your driver, you know, where you want to go or if you're renting a car, you know, make sure you go to the proper terminal. Sounds great. What is the check-in time like in Las Vegas? Is it a pretty efficient airport? Uh, wow, that varies, I think, as every airport does nowadays. You know, if you're TSA pre-check, you could probably get through pretty quickly, you know, in the 20 to 30 minute range from the ticketing counters to the gate. If not, you can sometimes be, you know, 45 minutes going through some of the gates. So I would recommend being there at least an hour and a half ahead of time. Some airlines will not let you through if you're checking baggage less than 75 minutes prior to your flight, so you have okay. to be aware of that. Now, how about transportation between the hotel and the airport? Is this a city that embraces Uber? Is this more of a taxi, or are there other ways that you would recommend? I would definitely go the Uber or Lyft route. We have both of those available. You have to go to the ride-sharing area when you come into the airport. So if you came into the airport, you want to go to the, you have to actually walk across 
the ride-sharing area, and you go into the parking garage. There's signs that would lead you to a parking garage, and you go to the mezzanine level on the second floor, and that's where you would pick up your Uber or Lyft ride at. Very convenient. There's tons of Uber and Lyft drivers. They sit and wait in a line, much like the cabs do. You can get a cab very quickly as well. It would be slightly more expensive. I would really tell people to warn them about the different ways they can go into the strip because that could add 20 to $30 to your bill very quickly. So there is a way to go to the strip that your driver should take down through Tropicana. There's another way that they can take a freeway in called the 215, which is a beltway, which kind of goes around town. You do not want them to take the 215 beltway around. If you do, it'll add a good 15 to $20 to your trip sometimes. And that's what they call sometimes the shady ride here in Las Vegas. <laughs> so you want to tell them you want to go down Tropicana or you want to not take the 215 down to the strip. Very helpful. So a lot of people obviously will plan this meeting well out in advance. There's already been a lot of excitement about seeing the agenda and starting to book rooms, book flights, this sort of thing. Now, of course, we're traveling to Las Vegas this year, and so this is an area known for its shows. What's your thoughts on planning for shows, planning for events in the evenings? If you want to go to a show, you really need to plan in advance, and that's why I think this podcast is great, to get the word out that you really need to plan in advance. The bigger shows, such as Celine Dion or Santana or Britney Spears that are in town at that time, you're going to want to get tickets a good month, month and a half in advance to get better seats. So really, really plan. There's also a place called the Smith Center, which is a performing arts center, and you could get tickets for that maybe at a later date, but still you'll get better seats the earlier that you go and find things out. So I would recommend planning and doing things early. In regards to the shows, I am not a big Celine Dion music fan, but I would recommend that if you could go to see Celine Dion, who is at Caesars Palace, that you really go and see her show because it's expensive, but it's a show that you won't forget. I've been to the show five to six times. And if you get really great tickets to that show, some people will say it's like seeing Streisand in her prime. Her voice is just so incredible, and she puts on a great show. I'd really do that. And then Carlos Santana, who's here from the 25th to the 29th, he lives locally in town and plays here all the time and also puts on a fantastic show. So for music, those would be the shows that I would really consider going to. In regards to the Smith Center, Motown the Musical is playing for the early weekend. And for the late weekend, there's this show called Drumline Live, which is a production that's based upon the marching um, band and tradition of the historically black colleges. And that's going on on the 26th and 27th. So people are staying in town, that, that would be something they go to. And then there's also the what seems like millions of La Cirque shows that have populated uh, uh, Las Vegas, starting from Mystere to the Beatles love show to the Michael Jackson show, and those are all available as well. So the only so thing great. that we didn't hear you talk about was the Britney Spears show. 
Yeah, I, you know, I have not been to the Britney Spears show. I have had friends that go, and they've actually said the show is actually pretty fantastic. The other local show that's come up lately is Jennifer Lopez's show, who's in town. But I think it's kind of a throwback to the share shows where I hear she changes outfits consistently through the show. And it's kind of a fashion show as well. But I don't know if she's in town at that time, but I'm sure you could look that up online. A couple of the other small shows that are kind of different that people might want to go to in a Vegas style or Penn and Teller who are at the Rio, which is the magic show. And that's a really kind of good show if you want to see it easy to go to entertaining. And then one that's a little bit more Vegas raunchy, but comedy as well, a little off base. It's kind of a take off the Le Cirque shows, a smaller audience, but a crazy atmosphere is called Absinthe. And Absinthe is a show that's gotten a lot of acclaim here in Las Vegas. It's actually in a little tent or yurt that they put outside by Caesars Palace and has been really widely acclaimed as a great, fun show to go to. Great information. Now, of course, also the dining. This area is known for dining options and probably has a very wide gamut of options in the locale. So tell us what are your favorites and what are the things that we need to book in advance? The thing about Vegas is there's something for everybody in terms of dining. I really, truly believe we're becoming one of the dining capitals of the world with all the options that you have here in Las Vegas. Personally, if uh, I have several options that I like to go to, but there's plenty of options around. One of the famous Vegas restaurants I like to go to is Sage, which is in the area hotel. Fantastic service, fantastic food. If you wanted to do something higher end, that would be some place to go to. If you really wanted to spend a mortgage payment, you could uh, go even worse than that to Guy Savoie, which is at Caesars Palace, famous French chef, or you could go to the MGM to probably the world's most famous chef, which is Joel Robichon, the mansion, a dining experience in and of itself. Or L'Atelier, which is right next door to Rubichon, is part of Robichon and is a little bit lower end, but is also in and of itself a Michelin one-star restaurant. Robichon, is, I believe, is a three-star Michelin restaurant here in Vegas, which is pretty fantastic. So what secrets would you tell us in closing that we should be thinking about as we approach the meeting this coming year in Las Vegas? Well, let me go back to food in terms of secrets, because that's a fantastic thing to know in terms of secrets. I think a lot of people, when they plan this conference, they plan it for maybe their department and whether get together or have a bunch of friends to get together. So places that I would recommend for that, that would keep their budgets a little bit better, but might have a table where they could fit a lot of people in, would be one of the famous restaurants here is Lotus of Siam. It's in a really kind of uh, a little bit more rundown portion of town right behind the Sahara off the Strip, but is a really a world-famous Thai place. The food is fantastic, great wine list, really a place that people should look at as a place to go to. Another place which would be further off Strip, again, they have a private dining room in back, which is a local's place, which is called Todd's Unique. Great food, wrench-trained chef, and really fantastic. And then the secrets of town are really where the locals go to is really in the Chinatown portion of town now where things are taking over. Probably the most famous restaurant is Raku, which is a Japanese restaurant. But that's a place where almost every chef goes to. Really, really famous, fantastic food. And then the sushi places, if you're into that, 
are the really famous ones, the ones that are also down there as well, called Kabuto is one, K-A-D-U-T-O, or Yui Edome, which is Y-U-I space E-D-O-M-A-E. And then one further off strip is Kame, K-A-M-E. All of these places are what they call omakase places. You know, the chef serves you what he wants, but you will get unbelievable, fantastic sushi from those places as well. So for secret dining places, those would be the places that I would recommend as well. That is great. A couple other things that people like to do is if you're not into the dining and you're not into that and you want to get away from that a little bit, one thing to do would be to go out to the Red Rocks area where you could hike. And it's probably about 25 minutes outside of town, beautiful, great hiking area, and you could actually bike along the roads there. They have a nice biking circuit, which you can do and go to if people are into that. And then if you just want to do something fun or different at night, taking a chopper ride around the strip is something that you can do. And there's a bunch of different services or chopper companies that will do that. Or if you wanted to take a day, we're actually so close to the Grand Canyon that people often take chopper rides down to the Grand Canyon and look around as well. So those are fantastic things, too. So we have three years, three years of Vegas coming up, and this will be the first year back in many years for the society. And so I know a lot of people are very excited to present their research and also to experience the city. And we appreciate you taking time out today to introduce us to the site as the local chair. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people looking out for these options, and they're going to be really popular because, of course, you know you already live there and you experience this every day. But we certainly are excited for the meeting coming up and appreciate all of your hard work and being the local chair and putting this together and also guiding us and what's important to look out for while we're there from a social standpoint and dining standpoint. And we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks for the opportunity, and I welcome everybody to Las Vegas and hope to have a great time. And this has been another episode of the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to speaking with you all again in our next podcast upcoming to discuss the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine meeting from the standpoint of planning and schedule. Thank you very much. That was the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. Thank you for listening. To find out more and to read this month's highlighted paper, go to www.tima.com forward slash AJP or check out our Facebook and Twitter pages. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. And join us next time when we will discuss another paper from the pages of the American Journal of Perinatology.